Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Timeline Astrology. Hello, and welcome back to Timeline Astrology Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me on the show. And I know I say that every time, but today is my first ever astrology teacher, um, Pearl Finn. Pearl Finn is from Galway in the west of Ireland and uh, Pearl used to uh, run a shop in Galway called Pearls of Wisdom, a new age shop. Uh, She no longer runs the shop but she is still teaching, still reading birth charts, uh, still giving her profound wisdom and depth of knowledge in astrology to those who come and visit her Um, and it was a real pleasure to have her on the show. I asked her on as part of the uh, Guru Purnima, the full moon in Sagittarius celebrations, where we honor uh, our teachers and our guides. And certainly Pearl has been a major influence in my own life and my own astrology journey. Um, And Pearl suggested the topic uh, herself and that of the solar lunar return chart, um, a fascinating subject which she's going to speak all about um, and introduce you to. Um, So I began the interview as I do every interview and asked Pearl how is it that she tunes into the muse of Indian astrology if there was a daily practice or ritual that she follows. Um, When I um, introduce astrology or come to astrology or come to look at a chart, I think it's hugely important to um, honour the energy that it comes from. And one of the things that I've been taught to do is to bless the hands that do the work. And there's a 12 syllable mantra. Mantra means man means mind and try means to protect. And the biggest issue to protect in our lives is our mind. And so um, uh, the mantra, um, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya is a 12-syllable mantra that can be counted on one's fingers and it blesses all the signs of the zodiac and all the houses and the whole chart in actual fact. It has the symbols for uh, the Om Namo Om is the divinity. Namo is the naming. Bhagavat means the sacred or the blessed. And the Vasudeva are the eight forms of deity that we call on when we are going to study or work with or engage astrology. And that's the sun, the moon, the constellations, and the five elements as in the earth, the fire, the air, the water, and the ether. And so by doing this mantra, reciting this mantra, or blessing our hands with this mantra, we're inviting all the 12 and all the energies uh, to come and join me. So that's one of the foundational things I do. The other thing I like to remind myself of as well is our sole purpose. And so I use an image of the horse and carriage, which is on my Facebook image. 
to show the soul's purpose as being primary and all the other calls that come at us, our senses, the horses chasing after whatever worldly thing is there, the moon, the mind, the reins on the horses, the intelligence trying to hold on to the reins, but the passenger is the soul. And if the, if the soul is going the direction it needs to go, it'll be content. If the soul is not going the direction it wants to know, it'll be discontent and we'll know all about it if we're gone down the road of one of the horses. Um, uh, that mightn't necessarily be of benefit to the soul's purpose. So that's an image I like to use. And the other image I use is the um, the boat on the water and the undercurrent being the karma, the, the destiny we have to work through and the overhead being the winds of change that guide us along our way. The undercurrent, the karma we're here to fulfill is the most important feature. So these are tools that I've used for years uh, to help to guide me and to help to explain the depth of Indian astrology and the sacredness that's involved in all of it. I also like to do the Gayatri Mantra um, because, again, it reminds us of the beauty in creation and that we should honour it and recognise how marvellous it is and that really we have nothing to worry about except where our minds take us. So the most important thing we anybody is concerned about is what's on their mind. And so that's what astrology is really about. It's about what's on our mind. And invariably, what's on our mind is something to do with a relationship with somebody or other. Let it be your mother, your father, your partner, your dog, your friends, your, you know, all, the whole chart is about how we relate um, to all these different situations. And so every symbol on the chart is a way of um, getting an insight into a specific area. Every symbol we look at, they're not good. we can't learn them all, we can't know them all. Not in a lifetime would you get to know them all. But every one you learn gives you a deeper insight. It's never too late to start. And we'll have many lifetimes after this for enhancing our astrological prowess, um, given that we don't come from a lineage of um, very deep, not like the Indians, you know, they have such a rich culture. Um, we don't have that as a background, so... Um, but, but yeah, I think there's room there for us to learn. It's only for the few, not the many, but yeah mm. does that answer your uh, absolutely <laughs> Pearl I just was struck by how you know uh, when I, I used to attend your classes that was the you know apart from the subject itself of course which is so rich and deep that the depth of your classes and how we began each class with mantra you know um, and you know that mantra with the hands or the Gayatri um, 
it just tunes you in, like you say. And, you know, it's just, it's telling how you have um, all of those um, and all of that depth, you know, before you even look at charts, you know, so I think that's great. And and that's kind of uh, stayed with me as well when I, when I chant or when I read a chart myself that I have to tune in as well with some mantra. Um, so that's, that's really helpful. Thanks, Pearl. Um, yeah, I think as well that it helps to, um, well, for me, it takes me out of the way, you know. Mm. This is a divine science and it's a gift from the gods. And I've been very privileged to have met the people I've met and to have got to meet people who who wanted to know about it, like yourself. Um, and it has encouraged me to keep going, especially with the questions uh, that I would be asked. And if I didn't know, to have the humility to find out, I don't have all the answers. I, I never have all the answers. And, you know, I suppose, having met the people I've met along the way, I've got what I was ready for and more than what I was ready for. I was in awe of both the students and the teachers that I've met, you know, and so I have been very lucky in that sense. It's, it's, and it's great to learn something. It's great to learn something that's really worthwhile to learn, as I said, it's a privilege, but then to be able to pass it on to somebody who really wants to work with it as well. But there's only one person there's never been many people in society that have taken the route of being astrologers. There are very few. Um, but I'm honoured to be, to have committed myself. I've, I've been so lucky to have been allowed this privilege, as I say. And, and to have students of your calibre, Gary, is, is fantastic. You know, it just means I can safely move on to the next layer out of here knowing that it is, uh, you know, you're doing great work and you always have. You've pushed me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I don't remember doing any of that. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but just have. my insistence, I suppose, yes, of wanting to more and... Yeah, like at this stage, I've had hundreds of people come to me to learn astrology um, and it's great. And I, you know, I... I open a window for them. As one person said to me, I'll stay at the electrician peril. You could be the astrologer. Because it's not for everybody, you know. It's for the few who's going to, who, who really, it, it takes you. It's not you decide to take it. It takes you. It's, she, she seduces you. And she, she does it through an experience. And I think, Vedic astrology in particular, um, I was studying Western astrology and um, just to go down the road a little bit of my background in in, in astrology, I, I um, we used to sell the news of the world in the shop at home um, Sunday mornings. It's an English newspaper and um, it, it had the stars in it. And every Sunday morning, we'd all sit around and we'd read our stars and the news of the world or whatever, you know, what was there. So that's my background. Uh, I came from a, a small village in the west of Ireland. We were um, a bar, public house, grocery, every sort of business going on in a small community. 
And so we had a busy house. There was a very big family of the 11 of us. And my mother had the good sense to hold a record of all her daughters and sons. Uh, she had 11 children and she recorded all our times and dates of birth, which is nearly an impossibility to get. In, in most people have no idea, but this mother of mine who liked the figures anyway, recorded this. So I had a, when I decided to learn astrology, I had a whole panel of people that I didn't have to ask them any questions because, because I knew what kind of what was going on for them and who they were and all that. So they were a great um, um, place to experiment with, with the knowledge of, you know, how does this work here and that work there. Mm. So I, I really enjoyed that. But with Vedic astrology, I, I another great guide I had on the road was um, Shraddha, the Gauri yoga teacher. And um, she came into my shop one day and she said, there's a conference on in London at the weekend. And I think you'd really like it. <laughs> and I was doing Western astrology. I was never that interested in physical yoga um, or any kind of physical activity for that matter. And um, she says there's a conference on and Hart Foe was doing a conference in London and I downed tools and off I went and I was sitting on the chair and it was the day I was starting my Ketu Dasha and I was given this chart of Vedic astrology that I'd never seen before I'd never seen the style of it before and I really didn't know anything about India at that stage. I, I knew that, you know, and I, I knew, you know, the autobiography of Yogi, loved it. Um, you know, there was books I had read that I would have been impressed. And any writer or Western think deep thinker invariably referred to the Bhagavad Gita or referred to the spirituality of India or meditation, which I like to do, or you know, it, it, this was a background that I'd had, but with the astrology of it, I didn't know anything of it. And uh, here I was sitting with a timetable of events saying I was starting Ketu Dasha. And I could see that my Jupiter Dasha, I was born into Jupiter Dasha. It finished relatively early. I went into Saturn and then I went into Mercury. And um, I, I couldn't believe the dates that were so appropriate to the big turning points of my life. At the end of the Saturn Dasha, um, I was in a care facility. Um, you know, I, I had such life-changing events at the starting point of these Dasha time periods or these periods that were marked out that I just hadn't um, ever come across it before, what they call Dasha periods. It's, a, it's when the planet comes alive for you and you have to get to experience it. Uh, and um, and I, I was just blown away by it. I said, oh, <laughs> how did I know that? And I just couldn't. She had me from the first day I sat there and I never... 
I, I did try and um, stay with my Western um, learning for about a year. I, I tried to do both together, but eventually I I just, there was so much in the Vedic, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't stay with the Western anymore. It hmm. just didn't hold me anymore. So, um, that's so actually, yeah. I think, um, when I, uh, when I first met you, Pearl, uh, I think when you were going through that transition from Western to Vedic, cause I remember going to your shop there and getting uh, a chart drawn up, but it was Western initially. And yeah. then, then it was shortly afterwards then that you did a Vedic one. But what was interesting in my case is that I had the wrong time initially when I went to you. Um, I think my mother gave me 12 uh, or 9am or something. Um, and then you drew up my Western chart and it was Scorpio rising. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I look into this a bit more, but then weeks later or whatever it was, I went back to you and then you were doing Vedic and then I got my right time and the chart still showed Scorpio rising. <laughs> so it was like, I was soaked either way. It doesn't matter what method we use. I read tarot cards as well. And I used the I Ching and I used all these various methods of trying to understand I, but all of these tools, um, I suppose, having a troubled mind. I, long ago, I'd been diagnosed as, you know, chemically imbalanced scenario, you know, by a medic and, you know, that I'd be on medication for the rest of my days. But it turned out the medication was astrology. You know, it just has answered so many questions and gave me the peace of mind that, it was impossible to find through a tablet. Uh, and thankfully, you know, I, as I said, I've been very privileged uh, to have been introduced to such a subject. That, and, and the thing in Vedic astrology is they put so much emphasis on emotional stability and mental peace and, and how important it is and what's upsetting the mind and methods that we can um, protect the mind and you know, it was an invaluable journey of self-examination for me. I spent the whole of the Mercury time period. I suppose I spent Saturn time period primarily investigating the, you know, alcohol, drugs, anything that could um, take me away from my mind. I tried to escape it, you know, whereas... Um, the Mercury time period was trying to learn why am I like this? Why do I think like this? How, why, what's causing this constant fluctuation? And it was through the learning and through the reading and through the travel. And I, I loved my Mercury time period because it, it opened me. I just kept learning. And I have a friend that used to say, if somebody asked about some course or other in self-help or self-healing or self-inquiry uh, and she'd say, go and ask Pearl, um, she's probably tried it, you know. And it's true. I, I had tried so many. And, and even in the shop that I had, you know, all of the books were about different methods that I had tried. And, and, and they were good for me. I, I, I can't say any of them were the wrong way. They were all part of the way, you know, it was my way. And um, it, it, um, each held out a, a little message for me and in its own time. And, 
and then I moved on to something else. And, and I suppose it didn't stop until I came, until I found Vedic astrology. And, and there was just so much in it. And, and there is so much in it. And it continues to unfold. It's the beauty. And I'm so privileged. Yeah. Mm. So That's one of the things I always remember from class, getting a sense of not just studying, but having the sense of the privilege, like you say, of being able to be in that space, having the time and opportunity to actually study the subject. Yeah. And I think as well, anybody that has their arms and their legs and their hands and they're able to read and write and we and, and the freedom to explore and understand things and and research things. Anybody who has all that going for them, well, they've got a pretty good chart, you know. And there's a lot of people that have troubles, which as well, and trouble comes. Um, my mother used to say that um, life is a series of problems and solving them is living. <laughs> so she was a philosophical sort of woman as well, you know, so I met lots of problems uh, being in a public house and, you know, and and so, um, yeah, I, I just feel that I have been given a great opportunity in doing this. And, and, and I always knew as well that for as long as I was needed, I'd be in it, in the shop or or, you know, um, it would be over when it was over, you know, and it finished rather drastically as well or dramatically with a, a major fire, losing all my bits and pieces, all mm. my belongings and writings and books and mm. everything. It was all over. And, um, and and tracing that as well. I remember that happening as well, tracing it back to your, your dashes, the, the cycle at the time. Oh, the dash again, it just threw it up again. It was the end of the Ketu. It was the start of the Venus. And Venus is in my fourth house, and Venus is home alone. <laughs> you know, it's 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 in its own sign um, and brought a lot of issues to do with being, a, being able to be home alone with oneself, you know. Now, I do have the moon there and I have uh, Saturn there and I have Mercury there. So I meet a lot of issues in in being in a house. Um, and yeah, so it's changed things drastically mm. uh, for me. But each change, each dash of change has been a huge change for me. Um, as I say, every piece of learning has been, has been another huge step for me and and the people I've met you know as I said both students and teachers the people I've met in this world has been fabulous and I suppose the, the I talk about teachers but um, the teacher that I I suppose most revere is Sanjay Rath extraordinary human being um, but the people I met, like Camilla in Vedic Astrology, I saw her picture in a magazine. Camilla Sutton. Yeah. Camilla Sutton, yeah. I saw her picture in a magazine, English magazine, and I rang her up and asked her for a reading. Um, 
and she was a wonderful guide to me. You know, she was great. She was so encouraging all the years. At that stage, she had a shop uh, that was somewhat similar to mine. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she, was, she supplied me with books at the time. Like, she supplied me with them. Um, um, he's no longer with us now, but he's up there. Uh, Bateman Bahari. Oh, Bateman Bahari, yeah. He's one of my yeah. favorite artists. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And, my favorites. Yeah, and B.V. Raman as well. I love B.V. Uh, Raman, Solve Your Problems Astrologically. You know, um, it's a, or, no, actually, the, the that's the Bateman Bahari book that I really like, but Astrology for Beginners by B.V. Raman. It's a wonderful little book. It's only a very short book, but it's a wonderful little book for beginners. Uh, I, yeah, I just really, there's some, there's some books that really stand out as, as bringing me along the way, you know, but Sanjirat, uh, well, I, I have to mention Bill Sheeran as well, because the place that I had the shop, the building was owned by an astrologer. So I walked into, I opened the shop. Well, he invited me because he knew I was interested in in all of that area. And when the lease came up, he asked me, he rang me up and asked me, uh, was I still interested in doing something like setting up a shop? And, and so I had Bill living upstairs uh, for the first few years, and he was great. You know, he, you know, I think that's why I got so deeply involved in Western astrology at the time. And then uh, Bill was selling the building, and so through the grace of God and the blessings of my mother, <laughs> who, was, who had continued to support me, I was able to buy the building and um, and so I continued to work there after Bill left and at that stage I was well down the road of doing Vedic astrology you know um, but yeah but then as I said uh, meeting Sanjay was was um, was extraordinary and Sandra's Sanjay's knowledge is extraordinary and the other person that I met at the same time was um, Narasimha Rowe. And Narasimha had written, during that time, wrote a software uh, that anybody could use. And and so they collaborated on what went into that software. Uh, Jagannath Hora is the name of the software. I'd recommend it to anybody. It's, it's free. And Narasimha has very generously put in huge time into creating that software. And again, it's making Vedic astrology so much more available to be able to use these tools. Now, a lot of it is Sanskrit and you do have to get over that uh, language barrier. Um, one of the things I have done is written in, um, <laughs> I've written a, a dictionary called the Yotishinary um, um, because I, I I kept having to look up the words, kept mm. forgetting what the words meant, you know, and I still do. I still do. haven't seen that um, book. 
I don't know who wants to publish it for me, but but it it exists on the left. Yes, and and I look at it all the time because I forget I didn't come from that background. I don't know those words. You know, they're not part of our culture. They're not part of, you know, are the different methods or the different mantras or the different deities or all that. And so there's no place. Some of the books had, a, you know, a few words at the back of them maybe are, but I couldn't find anything comprehensive that would let me in easily. So I started collecting. And the first collection I did I lost it completely. I did finish it and I lost it on the computer. I wiped it out. Uh, so I'm inclined to have those types of experiences in my life. <laughs> I think I've heard of one or two of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you, made, you started again and you did it all over again. I started again and I did it again and it's bigger and even more information than there was before. After, after the fire um, in, when I was when my time in the shop was over, I started to be Nastasha and I did a lot of writing that time. I did a lot of collecting, I did a lot of, you know, I had a great opportunity to to do a lot of, um, got into doing some poetry and different things like that and lost again a whole lot of the poetry that I wrote that time um, between 2005 and 2007 and eight. Um, and, yeah, it hasn't been quite the same since. It's very hard to get back when you when you do something and, you know, and I suppose it's all about finding the ways of expression. I didn't have clients coming to the house anymore. I didn't have people. People were coming to the shop every day uh, to ask questions about esoteric things or, you know, I didn't have that anymore when, when the... Um, when I moved out from the shop. So it's been different. You know, I've had to go deeper in myself and with my own self. And, uh, and, and of course, the teacher, the teacher always needs students, you know, and I feel that's maybe because you're not in the, the, the center of it all where people are coming in and, and talking to you all the time and, you know, asking these questions, you know. Yeah, it makes it so much, it's so much different you know I did run classes here as well but but uh, and I had a few dedicated students which is great I some you know great friends that still come and still ask the questions but uh, and I love the questions you know but uh, but one of the things that um, you know you were asking me you know about a topic that I think is really useful uh, for learning, you see, astrology is complex, and you, you're not going to go about learning it if you don't have a good experience with it. It's got to touch you. It's got to reach you as an experience. It's not something that somebody is just going to pick up and do because there's too much involved. There's too much learning involved, and so you've got to have some kind of real life experience with it before you're going to go down the road to learning it. And one of the tools that I find invaluable for learning astrology at an experiential level is the Titi Pravesh. Now, the Titi Pravesh means a solar lunar return. And it's when the birthdays are celebrated in India 
it's not on a solar return. It's not on your sun birthday. But it's on the day that the sun and the moon are the exact same relationship to each other. Now, there's 30 relationships that the sun and the moon, there's 30 phases that the sun and the moon go through. Everybody can see the the waxing phase and the waning phase. In other words, the phase when the moon is dying and when it's getting stronger. But the, every day, there's a different segment added to the moon. It's like a little cake that keeps being added on. So each phase is called after a particular number. And so you have the first phase, the second phase, third, fourth, fifth, right up, and then on the same again, coming back. So you have 15 up and 15 back for the fortnight. And so each phase has its own quality and it has a planet that rules it. And so the planet that rules it is representative of what was created by that sun and moon coming together in that particular relationship. That's what created you. That's what created that particular relationship between the sun and the moon, father and mother, God and goddess, however you want to look at it. And so the creation is the planet that rules like Mercury, I was born in the fourth phase, the bright phase. And the fourth phase is always ruled by Mercury. If you're born in the third phase, whether it's the bright or the dark phase, it's ruled by Mars and so on. Each each phase has its own ruler. And there's, um, there's eight rulers. And... So you start every year, this solar lunar um, calendar uh, for you, it can start early or late. It's a bit like our Easter, um, our Easter celebration, our Easter calendar. It's, um, Easter is the only festival on our calendar still ordered according to the sun and the moon relationship. It's the only one that's left. And sometimes Easter can be early or late. And similarly, the Titi Pravesh can be early or late. It, it's not necessarily on your birthday. If it is on the same date, it's significant. Everything is significant in astrology, you know. Everything, everything to a bird passing by the window is significant in astrology. If you're able to read the omens, if you're able to read the signs, if you're able to read the symbols. They're all telling us something. We might right. not be able to read them. Now, the only genius I ever saw ever able to read, whether it was a phone call that was made or a comment that was made or a symbol put up that could easily indicate what was going on in that moment in time or what the problem was. I've actually seen him do it. It's Sandy Rath. I've He's just incredible in how he can read symbols and read signs and read language and you know he's just incredible um, but to come back to the Titi Pravesh chart and actually Pearl could I ask as well I'm, I'm assuming as well that this is how uh, you came about learning this Titi Pravesh from Sanjay right? oh from Sanjay and Narasimha because the only software it was written into was the Jagannath Horus software 
So, so a lot of the softwares don't have it. Like, there's a very good software package that you can download now that AstraSage. That's an excellent piece of software and it does printouts and that, but there's no mention of the Tithi provisioners. You know, right. this, and that, you know, but, but it's very good for beginners. Astro Sage, and there's a lot of uh, data to be got from it, a lot of information to be got from it. But information doesn't mean understanding. There's a big difference between grasping and understanding something at a deep spiritual level and being given data that you can read. The information is it's great and it gives you an insight, but it's not the same thing as getting the depth of understanding that astrology is about. Astrology is about helping you to get in touch with divinity. That's what it's about. It's not about, you know, um, a formula of information. Um, it's, uh, and that's what I suppose a lot of the printouts, like you say, they, when I was in the shop, that's what I, you know, I, I did sell computer printouts of, uh, on Western astrology. Mm. Um, and it was interesting, you know, give food for thought. Mm. Um, but, and I would have bought one years ago, food for thought, brought me another little bit along the road, you know. Um, but certainly this Titi Pravesh, the solar lunar return, I remember when you first started teaching it, like, and it is a very, well, quite an advanced technique of, you know, using it alongside your birth chart. But we, we I think, learned it quite early on. Um, I found yeah. that that was like you obviously found yourself was another layer that you could get right deep into what was going on, you know. In the immediate. In the immediate time frame. Like, obviously, it's a yearly chart, you know. It's a yearly chart. And that's the great thing about it, you see. If it, with, because it's a yearly chart, mm. and each planet gets about a month to show itself mm. and so now it might be a little bit longer or shorter just depends on the planet but you always start at the same with the same planet so each as the year goes on you'll find a commonality of experience through the year over the years that this is my Rahu time this is my Saturn time this is my Mercury time, this is my Venus time, this is my Sun time. And so you get a chance to experience it short term. And so it's easier to focus, whereas with the, with the, with the full birth chart, you're looking at maybe a 20-year period of Venus. And you're saying, well, over 20 years, many things can happen. But over a month, you get a much more close-up view of how Venus is working for you. And the other beauty of um, Titi Pravesh as well, you really get to know the planets and you re can really get to know the houses as a, as a living thing that's going on around you very immediately. Um, but the, um, we were born with a chart and it gives a potential for the lifetime, certainly. But as the years go on, we learn and we grow and we learn and we grow. And each Titi Pravesh is, is based on what you did last year. It's based on what you left undone last year. Uh, and so 
you're maturing all the time and it's actually your growth that you're measuring all the time and your changes. Now you'll have some years that are really hectic and you have some years that are really quiet. And the way you recognize whether the year is going to be quiet or hectic is dependent on the sign rising and how that relates to the rising sign in your own original chart. Like if the same sign is rising in your original chart that you were born with as the year you're in right now, well, you're in for a big new beginning. You know, your own first house is taken off again and it's been triggered again. And this is the lovely thing about the Titi Pravesh, that it's alive. It's a much more, like, it's not a, a slow down, let's look back over. Like, the first chart you look at, obviously, is your own chart and what circumstances you were born into and who you were born in with and the language and the culture and um, the potential for work or school or just the general circumstances of what's your potential and it. It shows those things. Um, but that changes. And the Titi Pravesh actually records those changes. And it gives you a chance as well to work with that energy because all the planets are friends to us. We might not like what they bring to us all the time or what they wake up in us because we might have work to do. But at least you're going to get a reprieve at the end of the year. <laughs> at the end of your birth year, you say, okay, I take it on the chin. I fought the fight that year, but I don't have to fight next year because it's all gone quiet. It's all gone into the background. So the front ground, the present moment is the first, the fourth, the seventh, the 10th house. And, and so it's in the front if it's up now for the present to deal with, then you're going to be in a powerful year for you. A powerful year of change. Maybe your home will change or something about yourself will change or some work opportunity might come or relationship opportunity might come. But it's very much in the present moment. But if it's the houses behind the first, the fourth, the seventh, and the twelfth, or the tenth, uh, like the ninth, the twelfth, you know, we use all these numbers, I know, and some people, but there's only 12. Most people can count to 12. And so whether you're going behind the first or going ahead of the first, you're either feeding or taking away from. So um, one of the, one of the, um, one of the symbols I like particularly is, um, well, when I look at a chart, or, you know, when I when I take a look at a chart, is um, to see who's ahead or who's behind or what's behind what. You know, it's a great tool for anyone who wants to investigate what's causing the problem. So, say you have a problem in your sixth house or your seventh house. Most people have problems in their seventh house with the intimate relationship that they want to have with another, or how they step out into the world. So that's where they meet the outside world. But so if you want to, if you're having a problem in your seventh house, you could look to your sixth, because the sixth is your bad habits. And if you have bad habits, chances are you're not going to be able to 
be in a relationship um, without fixing some of the problems. And uh, that you might be inclined to fight a lot or you might, you know, drink a lot or you just, you do things in your sixth house that are not good for you and not good for relationship. And so it causes problems in relationship. Now, the way to solve your problem in your sixth house is your fifth house. The fifth house will drain the sixth. Like the sixth house drains the seventh. Because it's the number behind. And so you can keep going back. If you have love in your heart, you can heal your sixth. If you find something you love to do, it could be music, art, astrology. Find something you love to do. It'll heal your sixth. You'll give up whatever it is that's hurting you. Um, if you have, if you can heal your fifth, if you have a good student <laughs> as well, because fifth house is a student or fifth house is the child, but you have to be able to give your heart to something. Um, um, you have to find love for something. You've got to find the beauty. Mm. And if you can't find it, it's because there's some problem in the fourth. Is there a problem in the fourth that's not letting you have the peace of mind to allow your heart to engage? And so then you have to ask about your insecurity. And then you have to, if you have a problem in the fourth, <laughs> you have to ask about the third. And how much self-will is there that's blocking? Because what is it you want to do? What are you driven to do with your own self-will that's seen in the third house? And it's not giving you peace of mind. It's not allowing you to open your heart. It's causing problems in relationships. And so the the logic of, of astrology is just so... It's such a beauty, like it's like a pattern. And I think that was for me, whether it's tarot or whatever I'm doing, I like to find the pattern and to see the magic of how it moves. And with astrology, you can get a deeper insight into um, where the problem is. And so what houses are rising in the city of age? And, and there's just a table, it's just 12 of them. It's easy to learn them. It's easy to get a list of them in any book what the 12 houses are. Um, and again, the first one is yourself. And everything else is your relationship with those other 12 or those other 11. Um, and just to quickly run through them, the second is the culture you're born into, the language, the food, what feeds you. The third is your siblings or your courage or your self-will. The fourth is your peace of mind. The fifth is what you're willing to give your heart to. The sixth is what you're fighting over or who the enemy is, but it's invariably yourself. The seventh is the significant other that you're asked to engage with. The eighth is your debts that you've carried over from previous that are here to transform you. The ninth is your guru, um, advisor, father, who helps you to fly. Uh, the tenth is your boss and the work and the activities you do. The eleventh is your friends and the community you belong in. And the twelfth is your 
ancestors and where you let go and go to sleep at night or where you can rest easy. And so there's only 12 areas to learn about. I'm not saying only, <laughs> I'm saying only in the, in a very simplistic term, but but there's a dance there of those numbers that are going all the time. You don't need to learn them all immediately, but you can take any one and and work with that. And like you can take any one of the planets. You don't need to do them all at once, but you can get introduced to them and say hello to them and write to them and ask them how they are because they're characters that awaken in us. They're part of us. It's not something outside ourselves. None of this is outside ourselves. And it's that light within us that we need to awaken and that light that we need to let shine within ourselves um, that astrology is about because the sun is the center and we have to become like the sunlight, shining. Hmm. I think, um, you know, Pearl, I have question upon question coming up in my mind and then they're just as you're speaking they're just drifting away but i'm obviously um just sitting back and and people who might be familiar with listening to me talk and ramble on uh will maybe not be as familiar with me sitting back and listening to you talk and this is how i would have been in your class because you know the the questions keep coming up and then they keep being answered in the process you know um i am conscious of though one thing in terms of the titi pervesh um, maybe talking about it a bit more. Um, and, you know, you're talking about how there are different cycles or dashes in that one as well. Um, and how it starts off with the planet that rules the lunar day or Titi uh, yeah. ruling that. And how that, therefore, obviously, you restart every year with that same planet. And that runs in the same sequence. But that was one of the main, I remember when you first showed me that chart, it was one of the main sort of light bulb moments of, you know how every December you're in a search for planet and every January, and it's the same time of year throughout yeah. the year, you have this kind of mm -hmm. similar experience. And for me, like it's, for example, Saturn over Christmas every year. <laughs> and why that made complete sense to me, why I just don't go for the glitz and glam of, of Christmas time. And I prefer like a retreat or something, you know, mm -hmm. Saturn. Mm -hmm. But can you talk a little bit more about, you know how, cause it is all based on, like you said, the relationship between the sun and moon, the father and mother. And how that Titi as well, the lunar day, um, shows the the relationship. And again, because it's um, it's actually seen as Venus, the water. The Titi is like the Venus, the water. That can you sp speak of that a bit about the desire again every year? It's almost like we're be being reborn every year. It is about uh, our particular um, well, I suppose. Each, each, um, the hour that we're born is hugely important. The hour that starts the new year is hugely important. It's the most important. That the ruler of the hour. The ruler of the hour. Sorry, I should have said that, yeah. No, no, yeah. You see, a planet rules everything. No matter what you're looking at, we have to find out who the planet is in everything. It's one of the first things we do in astrology is try and look at something or see something we're looking at and see what planet is involved with that or what what um what does it look like. Now it's easy to identify we'd say um uh, the water 
element and Venus and Moon are rulers of the water. Um, we have um, the the um, the Earth to fire, the air, the water, and the ether. So Jupiter takes charge of the ether. Um, well, say the air is Saturn. Um, Mars rules the fire, and and who do I leave out? Uh, Earth. 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 Earth, it's Mercury. Mm. Okay. And so all we're ever dealing with is changes in the elements and the state of matter that we're looking at. Um, whether we're looking at the sea or a mountain or, you know, there's a complete difference between them. But And it's the same, the change in elements are continually what causes um, the fluctuations in our mind. And we also have what they call in Indian philosophy, the three gunas and the three modes of what they call three modes of acting. And, and so the guna, the guna in Irish, the Irish language is a dress, um, but, the, but in actual fact, you could say the guna in the Indian, it could also, in Indian astrology, could also be seen as the dress or what we wear, the mode that we go about. So the, the three gunas are the, what they call rajas, tamas, etc. And so if we're, if we're two rajas um, are too inclined to be excitable, um, Mercury and Venus rule the, those areas. Um, where we're interested primarily in honey and money, as they say. And that's our reja. So we chase the excitement. And when we get disappointed at not getting what we want, the Mercury and Venus, we turn up the Mars, the Saturn, the anger of Mars, or the sadness of Saturn, or the... the um, the greed of the Rahu. So we, we turn up our more negative um, energies um, if we don't get the fun and games that we're looking for with our Mercury and Venus. But what uh, we have to aspire to and what we hope to aspire to is the Jupiter, um, Moon and Sun. And so um, the Jupiter is our generosity and the sun is our ability to uh, shine our light and the moon is our compassion for others and it's our softness. And so what we want to at all times, no matter what the circumstances, if you never looked at an astrology chart, if you never learned anything about astrology, what we need to do at all times is try and strengthen these qualities. The, the Jupiter, the sun and the moon. Try and minimize our desires and and try not be uh, too overwhelmed by the negative emotions. And again, there's a mantra particularly for this that actually remedies, and it's, it's in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, that we have three primary problems, which is the greed, the fear, and the anger. And uh, the primary 
mantra for for um, dealing with these three problems is Hari, Rama, Krishna. And Hari represents the Jupiter. Rama represents the sun. And Krishna represents the moon. And this beautiful mantra actually helps to strengthen those qualities. As Sanjay says, the more you call on somebody's name, the more attention they give you. The more attention you give to something, the stronger they, that energy is going to become in you. And, and we all have to deal with this. We all have to deal with these qualities. So no matter which planet is coming alive for you in, in, the, in your annual chart, um, you can know the remedy that's coming up for you. And you can know the time frame that's coming up for you. Um, and, and so this is the beauty of, I suppose, again, the Vedic astrology, that you very much find the background of Vedic astrology is in the Bhagavad Gita. It shows us the type of work that we're suited to do at any given time. It shows us the quality of how we will do it, what kind of background. And again, they talk about... Um, the art, uh, you know, the, the type of work that we can do. Are we more suited to business? Are we more suited to learning? Um, and it helps us to understand this based on these energies that are there for us. But some people know it automatically what they're good for. Uh, some of us need to go a little bit further or have to find out um because our school system tends to hope that one size will fit all and we'll find somehow by putting us on the same uniform and teaching us the same lines that somehow we'll come out with a, a conclusion that will make us all whatever it is, professors or civil servants or whatever. But that's not how it works. Creativity, the diversity in human beings is is the beauty of the human being, you know. Um, and so the school system suits people who are well able to learn and um, and remember things, you know, and remember the detail, the mercurial level of things. But again, the understanding it can be seriously lacking. Um, the compassion, uh, the broader vision can be seriously lacking when you're forced to force fed a particular line of thinking where you're not allowed to have another opinion or or um, or you're certainly not asked to give it anyway. Um and so I'm probably gone off from a topic now, but or why did you ask me? Well we just you were just talking about the um well, you well, we get, began, I suppose, with the the Titi Pravesh and the ruler of the hour and how every planet rules something. Yes. There's a ruler of the day, there's a ruler of the hour, there's a ruler of the ascendant, and these are all um, these are all hugely important places to uh, look at the chart and to see where they're situated and to see what way they relate to who you are. You always relate the you always relate the Titi Pravesh to what you originally came in as because you're 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 constantly growing and learning but you're learning with with a different blueprint you're 
your progress is slow but steady and you get an opportunity. So the, the most important, in, in actual fact, if you get a, a chart of the hour, I think I have one up on my website. If you get the chart of the hour, um, our rulers, the day ruler, the sun is ruled by Sunday, or the, the, the sun rules Sunday, the moon rules Monday, Mars rules Tuesday, Mercury rules Wednesday, Jupiter rules Thursday, Venus rules Friday and Saturday is ruled by Saturn. And so each day of the week has a planet as its ruler and was named after its ruler. And every hour in the day is ruled by a planet. And so in the 24 hours, you go through um, several cycles of each of the planets and the first hour of the following day will be the, you know, like the moon rules Monday, it's the moon's day. And so if you want to choose to do an event, it's very good to choose to do it on a day that rules your first house. Now, I choose Monday to do this interview because the moon rules my first house. The moon is also my atma karika or my soul significator. And Pearl, the name I was given, was also is the gemstone for the moon. So the moon certainly Wait, that, was that your was that your birth name, Pearl? That wasn't a name. Uh, you gave. That was the name my mother gave me. I was, mm. the name has always been used for me. I mm. don't know how well I know my father had relatives with the name Pearl. You know, I think it's a family, it's a family thing as well. You know, but but um, but it's a coincidence if there is such a thing that I would be the one who would uh, look like the moon, be named, um, I'm shaped like the moon, <laughs> um, becoming more like it every day. <laughs> <laughs> the silver hair now is is. Is, uh, <laughs> You're looking more like a pearl every day. <laughs> looking more like a moon every day, yeah. Looking more like the shape of my face and the, the yeah. It's, but yeah, and this is it. We have to accept and, and appreciate, you know, um, how we look, you know, uh, based on this is, yeah. And it's there in the chart. And when somebody comes to me, you know, for a reading, and they've given me a time of birth. Now, some people have a very hard time getting a time of birth. But the first thing I would look at them and see if mm. I can recognize the quality that would have possibly come up with the time of birth they give me. Uh, is there something in them that would show me that quality? Because what's in her first house has to be obvious. You know, mm. um, you know, the, it just has to be obvious. Um, and in terms of, I'm always, I guess, bringing it back on topic. This is my Mars nature. Sorry. You know, yeah, know, very, you know yeah. very well, <laughs> we've been negotiating this yeah. Cancer Scorpio flow for many years. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you're looking at the yearly chart, no, not at all. I'm loving the conversation, so I'm just letting it drift. Um, but you know how, but then I have these questions that come to mind and I, I always want to have them answered, you see. So mm -hmm. this, this is my, I guess, like you say, my pushing 
and mm. prodding. <laughs> but um, you have a certain no, rising. It's, it's always been. It's always been that. Um, it's always been that way. It's always been that way, and it's great. It's great. Yeah. But um, you know how you're you're talking about like obviously the rising sign shows your first house shows you you know you can see yourself there, but in the yearly chart. You know, maybe could you speak a bit more about that? Because I'm sure people listening would be curious about, you know, you have your own chart, birth chart, but then you have a, this yearly chart and all of a sudden you're looking at another ascendant, an hour, all of this. How, how, would you, how would you use that practically? Well, what I do, if it's the first house, okay, if it's the same sign as you were born with, that comes up in the first house, that's going to be a really significant year for you. But if it's the twelfth house that comes up, if it's the twelfth house from your birth chart that comes up, then you're stepping into the background. It's not going to be such a a dominant year for you. Or there's something behind the scenes that's you're going to be that's going to be more appropriate for you. You might be glad of it, you know. Mm. And so the qualities that come up. Uh, for you to address or to deal with are somewhat different, but they're not so important as if it was your first house in your birth chart. That's how I would see it. But um, you're, because the, the new chart is your opportunity to mop up from last year. Mm. It, it's actually, you know, it's, it's a lifetime's work to keep the mopping going on. Mm. So, so the chart, the new chart, is for you this year. This is what you have to work with, you know. Mm. Mm. But you mightn't be out there so much, um, in the if it's behind. It's a quieter year for you. Mm. Um, you might do more meditation. You might find yourself going to um, maybe an ashram or traveling or you know that you know what I'm saying that you might find yourself doing things that are that are less about you know your own personality stuff that you would have been born in with or you know Mm -hmm. and of course and I'm sure you you know you you mentioned this already that um, it is another chart of course you have to take it in context of your main birth chart, you know, that it is, everything is taken in context, of course. That's what you're doing all the time. You you take it in context of your birth chart, but it does give you a whole new vision of yourself. We're not stuck with, with one particular way of being. Yes, we have, we still, we can't change our family or we can't change, you know, who we've been born in with. You know, I'm five foot tall. I'm not going to get six foot tall. You know, I'm not going to take on a physical difference. But I will, we are changing. We are growing. We are becoming closer, hopefully, to our divine selves as time passes. And let more of that be expressed as time passes. And healing some of the wounds and some of the hearts. You know, so we do have a new chart, but you're not going to change your physical. Of course, you know. yeah, yeah. 
one of the things I'd love to ask, because this has been asked of me as well, and I had to ponder this and I thought, you know, about it, but this is not something I've learned. You know how obviously you can look at everything in the yearly chart as you would in the birth chart mm. and then some, you know, but then sometimes you might think, well, you know, it's just a year. So how much do you want to go down that route? You know, because this thing of the Atmakarika, the soul planet, and how you could start drilling into everything for that just one year. So like I have noticed the Atmakarika though each year, that planet that's reached the highest degree seems that that's a big topic for the year. Not obvious maybe, but like it's like every year you get an opportunity to kind of experience that if you don't have it in your birth chart, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, I do feel that that's, you see, our soul journey is way more important than, than anything else in, in, in looking at astrology. It's understanding what that is about, you know. And um, the fact that we get another chance to look at and to work it a different way, you know, and we have a year in which to do it, to enhance ourselves or to grow ourselves a little bit more um, in a particular area. And, and that's the way I see it. It's like if we were presented with the same picture every year, we'd be so bored, you know, whereas life offers so many opportunities for change and growth and meet new people. And, you know, it, now we get tired, the body gets tired, the body gets worn down. And obviously, we die eventually out of this body. But we go on. There's no death again. This is the lovely thing, you know. There's no death. You know, there's rebirth. There's no end to it. You know, we keep going. The charts keep coming. And uh, the opportunities for getting an understanding of what we're to work with in a given year or in a given month even, like I find always February difficult for me. And um, when the sun is moving through um, that portion of the year, I find it difficult, you know. And, um, you know, I suppose what I would say to anybody looking at what would be the annual chart and, and and again, if anybody wanted to ask me or call me or whatever, I would give the guidelines on how to get started with it. But I would say to get started with it, just learn the planets that you, you want to know about and just watch them. Just watch what happens. What you want to do is get an experience of it. It has to come live for you or it's it's just gobbledygook like you never go down the road of serious inquiry whether it's the atmacarica so what I are you know the the deeper subjects that we can go into with it every symbol that's on the page every every you know whether it's a female sign or a male sign whether it's a fire sign earth sign air sign um, what nakshatra was in we can go into so much depth we can go into the divisional chart, like the first house when the Dasha comes off the Varga chart of the first house, the planet that rules the first house in the divisional chart. That divisional chart becomes more active. And what's the divisional chart? You know, the main chart 
is like a map of Ireland, where the divisional chart is like a map of the county Galway. And, and so the division shows you a particular area that you want to work in and you want to get more detail in. And so if you want to know about your career or, or your siblings or your parents, or you can look at this at a deeper level with a divisional chart. As I said, it's like an ordnance survey map um, that you can go over and take a look at it. But the first house in the divisional chart, when that planet time period comes up, within the year, that's the time that that area will become more alive. And mm. so there's all these techniques for using these symbols. But if you get to know the, the planets, first recognize who they are. As I said, just something very simple like the, and the, the son is the king, the queen is the mother. Um, Mercury is the child the Mars is the warrior answering to the king the Venus is his party <laughs> you were, you, there's a pause there you're trying to use an appropriate word I imagine <laughs> <laughs> but they're all they all relate to the king and the queen you know the mm. Venus isn't exactly a friend of the Venus, because the Venus is the entertainment for the king. Mm. And so how you know a Venus is because of all the beauty and all the, all the, um, for Venus to survive, for an artist to survive, they need a king to fund them. And how you know the king is because he has all this wealth and beauty all around him. And how you know your Venus is because she has to sell herself to the king in order to survive because she is the artist. But the world can't go on. The world is a beautiful place. Beauty is everywhere. We've got to respect the Venus. Otherwise, the world becomes a very ugly place if there's no Venus. So we all need her. Whether we go painting, dancing, singing, we just need her all the time. And the Saturn are the servants. The Saturn are the ordinary people. They pay all the taxes. So they fund the king. They fund the queen. They fund the army. They fund the teachers. <laughs> Saturn pays for everything. <laughs> hard work and discipline. And so that's the... And then the two outsiders are the Rahu and the Ketu. These two every six months bring us an eclipse and the stores up again to churn the ocean for a new beginning, a change where we need to make the changes. Like we've just had a major uh, eclipses with the, in the Gemini Sagittarius um, access and um, the churning in the whole area of media like 20 years ago or 19 years ago, we had Rahu in Gemini as well. And at the time, we were being introduced to mobile phones. <laughs> well, we've come a long way <laughs> with the technology since then when we were struggling to work with mobile phone. Mm. You know, and they were only newly coming into the thing. Wow, have we come such a long way. And um, 
and again, everyone has everyone has Zoom now. <laughs> everyone has Zoom, and God knows what's going to come next. Hmm. You know, it's just and and all the fake news and the the lies that are coming out and the stories have been told about the horrors that have been going on. And you know, because Gemini is the sign of communication, but the, the Gemini symbol is Mithuna in the Sanskrit, which which refers to a sexual relationships and and um, and uh, there's some horror stories being told about what's been done in that area over the last number of years. Of, um, I won't even go into naming some of the horrors at this stage, but they're there. Hopefully they'll be stopped. And and there's a whole crew of them that are going to fall if if it happens that way. And with the grace of God, hopefully it will, because it's a horror story with the child trafficking and the female trafficking. And, and um, yeah, it's just been terrible um, what's been going on. But we didn't know about it. But now we do, because that's mm-hmm. Gemini. It's out there, and we can choose to not see it. And we need to look at our own Gemini and see what in us uh, are we doing that has a Rahu going through it that's asking us to change. Because that's the big challenge right now is making those changes in the areas that are not working for us, that are a poison to us, um, individually as well as, as at a society level. We can't turn our blind eye to it. And so we're being churned. And that's what an eclipse does. It, it churns us. And nobody escapes. It might seem like um, it mightn't be happening or it's not visible in a particular place, but it's it's visible within us in some aspect of our lives. Mm. Whether it's in our 12th house or in our first house. or um, But it's part of our, yeah, part of our living experience to go through and make the changes. I always remember you in class referring to Rahu as tomorrow's people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's always pushing us forward anyway. Oh, it charms us. You know, it's innovation is a big part of its journey as well. It is, is, you know, the environmentalists as well. Um, All of those people. But but for certain, it, it can be a rogue too, you know. It's the schemer in us too. And, you know, it, that's the part of us that we need to keep an eye on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Pearl, this, this has been, as always, illuminating and a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I hope you have too. Sorry. I really... Um, you know, I really appreciate what you've done, Gary, and the work that you've done and the work that you've put in with your magazine and your book and you've learned astrology and you've learned Ayurveda and you've never stopped. You've never stopped learning. It's wonderful to have watched your journey and the 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 dedication, you know, that you have to your journey. I'm still in kindergarten in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have the headspace to take on um, uh, any more of it and I love it you know I, I dip my toe into various different things but I, I I love my astrology but 
But um, the depth, the depth of knowledge that you have, Pearl, is you know, and it'll always be my my foundation, you know, because it we went so deep right from the beginning, you know. Even if you're talking about the most basic astrological, whatever, like you always had such depth. It wasn't just for me learning ABCs, you know. No, I never, I never, you know, I all I ever shared was my understanding. I I was never a woman for our in school or that for learning offline or anything. I couldn't do it that way, you know. I can only do it on the spot. And it's my understanding that I'm shared. And I love that. Like, I love being able to share. And, and the, you know, the few people that would be in the class, you know, we'd, we'd look at the class and we'd say, now we look at the chart. I love that. You know, and opening the window for an opportunity to see something more. Mm-hmm. that's there for us to learn at that time. And when somebody comes to you with a chart as well, you know, it's like, it's not just a window to them that they're open, but it's a window to you that you're now ready to see as well. Mm-hmm. You know, some understanding that I need to get. Mm-hmm. So I'm always at a beginner stage mm-hmm. because of because of that, because it opens another opportunity. To see again, you know. and it's it's great to see, and I know that feeling as well. You know, when you get a new chart, that excitement, like a child again. Mm. Every new chart is like that excitement, yeah. reignited yeah. again and again. Yeah. 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 Earl, um, yeah. I have this thing I do with everyone that comes on, and I don't know if you're up for it at the moment. A quick fire round of questions. Okay. <laughs> Are you ever up for a quick fire round of questions? Um, I have long answers. That's your problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, there's, a quick, there's, there's a quick questions and then the longer answers. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see how we can keep it succinct. Right. Um, yeah. And it's more for yourself not to be taking your time up either. Um, but like. the first thing is what, what do you envisage for the future of astrology in particular Vedic astrology? Well, I think it has a great future because people so need to understand. I think because of the um, resources that are available, I think because there are young people like yourself willing to take it on and learn it, I I just think it's fantastic. Um, It has a great future. Not for everybody to be a student of astrology, but wanted to have these answers with the spiritual perspective not just with the, the dry data or they, but there's a hunger in people uh, for a deeper understanding. And I think it has a great future. Anyone who's touched, but you need to experience it. That was, I would think, the people need to experience it. It needs to touch their lives in some way. And once they get, once it gets a hold, I think, yeah. And there's huge resources out there now. Yeah, there's so you many. Know, like when we were at it before, sure, there were so few. But now mm. the technology, you know. Speaking of technology, Pearl, how, how do you see that playing a part? Like I know that you haven't got the the easiest time with technology with your things crashing and deleting things and losing and you know, not backing stuff up. But in okay. terms of technology, how do you see that? I mean, it's it's all going online now, obviously. It is. And all this generation that are coming through are all so tech friendly. It's, you know, I, I do think there's a serious lack in society in terms of technology that they're not encouraging. Um, they're not teaching the people who didn't come through that 
level of learning with technology, even though I have worked for a computer company. But, but um, you know, the technology keeps changing. So I had a very old computer. It worked perfectly well. It mm. was, you know, and then it, it upgraded. You know, you had to get an update or an upgrade. And the whole thing slowed down. It was like it was deliberately installed in your computer to slow you down. So you'd have gone buy a new one. You know? Well, it's the thing of always having to buy an upgrade, and that's yeah. It's all it's all about making more money and upgrading. Absolutely, they're obsolete before you can before you can. Just like cars, as soon as you buy a car, that's it's it. You know, it's, it's second hand now. It's you've lost a lot of money on it. But yeah, um, I had I had an iPhone six, and I dropped it into a basin of water. It worked <laughs> perfectly well for me, and now I have an iPhone eleven. And it's a big donkey of a thing. <laughs> and I keep dropping it. I've dropped it. Like the screen is broke already and I only have it a few weeks. I can just imagine what you'd have churned out at this point in your life, Pearl, if you were like uh, au fait with all the tech stuff. Because like, you know, the, the dictionary or the Jyotishionary, like you like yeah. to call it, that would have, I hope that sees the, day, the, the light of day. I hope. But yeah. there'd been, there would have been so much more. I've just I just released an app on uh, my website, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. And it's all based on the moon's transit through the lunar signs, 27 oh, lunar oh. signs. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you can, you, you can look up your dashes very easily. You can look up your, uh, the moon sign you were born with, as well as the, where the moon is today. So I used it for that. So it's kind of a very handy introduction to the, the lunar signs but anyway, it's, it's just it's called t- timeline astrology but it's only available on android as yet i'm hoping to get it up on uh, the apple store soon it's only, on, it's only on android at the moment you see there's the future for vedic astrology like i i know i've paid played my part you know i know i've played a part in it and i'm delighted you know that is the future of vedic astrology and and it's wonderful i mean i'm mm. i you know, yeah, have a look, have a look and see if you can, well, you'll have to wait for the Apple store to, uh, to be uploaded. But if you have an Android or something, you could download it. Would um, it go into the laptop? No? no, no, it's just phone. It's just, yeah, it'll only be for phone or device. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'll let you know. I'll let you know if it, when it's up. Yeah, um, yeah. One other thing I want to ask you, Pearl, and uh, that is what would you be if you weren't an astrologer? Mm-hmm. Well, I know you can't imagine ever taking astrology out of your life, but imagine that that was yeah. never there ever. What, what yeah. do you think? You'd do? Well, I I think there's two things I I think um, possibly. Um, I have Jupiter in the first house, so it, it was definitely going to have to have a say. Anything that's in your first house is definitely on the front door, so you have to deal with it. You can't go out the door without it. So I, there's some bit of the Jupiter has to get expression, and that's some level of learning and Jupiter rules my sixth house and the ninth house. So sixth house is bad habits and ninth house is travel uh, or some teaching or being involved with something like that. So maybe teaching about bad habits, <laughs> what to do about them or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe because Jupiter is about passing on some bit of wisdom in that area. Mm-hmm. That might be one possibility. But the other very dominant one is my fourth house. It's so um, it's so busy that I think I might have been an auctioneer. 
I am four thousand home property, then mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So in business, if I was a bit more, <laughs> if I didn't have Rares and and Rowan the six thousand, I might have been more manageable in my use of career because Mars ruled my career. But I, I think um, there had to be something because of the Mars there had with Rahu, there had to be something pardon about what I did. Mm. But I think if it was the dominant fourth house would have me in business in the marketplace because it's Libra um, and maybe with Venus ruled uh, Libra and women's clothing probably or, mm. or in Mercury's there so maybe books or, or Saturn is there maybe antiques or maybe some kind of vintage shop or Maybe I could, could still consider doing it at this hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to choose from. I thought you were going to say something like a poet or something. Um, well, you, yeah. I mean, you are that really, you did go through a phase of writing more poetry. I did, but I think I'm very sociable, you know. Mm. I like to chat a lot. and I mm. like to be in the marketplace a bit just to, you know, I, I, do, I, I do that easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, yeah, I think I probably would be in business doing mm-hmm. maybe something that would incorporate all those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, Pearl, um, thank you again so much for joining me for the chat. Um, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? It's all online these days, anyway. Um. Well, I mean, you can tell people where they can find you in person when that is an option again. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, well, I've been telling people who come to my garden, I have an astrology garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I... An amazing invited. astrology garden, by the way, everyone. Like like an astrology garden, literally, that is literal, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah. a garden mapped out with all the signs and the planets. All the signs, and I move the planets as they move in the heavens. Yeah. And I invite people in, and what's lovely is to see the small children when they look over my wall and they look in and they say to their parents, oh, look, and, <laughs> and the delight in their eyes when they see it. And, um, and yeah, so um, I invite people in. I am not um, putting up boundaries. Um, so I... It's all outside anyway, so... It's all outside, yeah. They can come and view the garden outside, absolutely. But okay. where, where can That's they find you online? Um, I'm at 12 Davis Fort Road. I'm at 087-244-1502. And so pearlsastrology at gmail.com is my email address. And then the website again is pearl, uh, pearlsofwisdomireland.com. Pearlsofwisdomireland.com. Which is where it all started with the shop, which was called Pearls of Wisdom. Pearls of Wisdom, yeah. 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 Which, um, yeah. Amazing place, and you know, uh, you still hold an amazing space, Pearl, where you are in Salt Hill and online. So, if anyone wants to go and check that out, the uh, the website and have a look there, she has plenty there to read, and there's pl- plenty of food for thought as well after that conversation. And people can look up the the solar lunar return as well. Um, lots to dive into there. But again, thanks, Pearl. Really, but I um, I would say as well, if anybody wanted, um, um, as I say, a heads up on how to. Get started with the Titi Pravesh. Um, use the Jagannath Horus software. Put in your details. 
give me a ring and I'll explain to you how to get started. Because you'll get to know yourself when you start recognizing the rhythm of the year for you. Um, and then you can decide whether you want to keep at it. You don't need to be going to astrologers. You don't need to. Mm. Yeah. Just I'll, I'll mention as well at the end of this um, uh, where the people can go to find that um, Jagannath Horror software and how they can download it. So I'll just put in something at the end here just so people can find that um, and then start working on it themselves. Because it is free. So. It is free. And as I said, if you want to give me a call, I'll show you how to get started. Thanks again, Pearl. I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you, Gary. And congratulations on all you have achieved it's so thank you just been so good to watch your progress and that you have your students and you have your you know you're right there with the technology making it happen and it's great thank you thanks again everyone for tuning in to timeline astrology podcast and to my guest today pearl finn if you'd like to learn more about Pearl, you can go to her website, which is pearlsofwisdomireland.com. And her email address is again pearlsastrology at gmail.com. And I'll just make quick mention of the website she mentioned in the interview uh, where you can go and download a free Vedic astrology software. And that is vedicastrologer.org. If you go there, you can download. Jagannath the Hora software and calculate your own chart as well as your solar lunar return. It's called Tithi Pravesh in the software that you'll download. Um, my own website is timelineastrology.com and uh, I offer patrons of my work uh, a membership to my website where you get in-depth daily and monthly reports as well as a Scorpio video club where I record uh, secrets of Indian astrology for patrons so if you want to have a look it's timelineastrology.com so again thank you for taking the time and until next time